First Time Feelings is a monthly podcast hosted by two Melbourne women exploring universal human experiences via micro-narratives based on first-time feelings. Whether it be shame, guilt, longing, anxiety or lust, each anecdote is an honest, witty and relatable vignette that taps into the messy human journey we're all on. Naming and reclaiming emotion, one feeling at a time. Hello, and welcome to episode seven of First Time Feelings, a podcast that is dedicated to micro-narratives that investigate the significance of emotions felt for the very first time. First time experiences can be unforgettable, and the experience that generates a first time feeling extraordinary. Hi, my name's Crystal, and that was Ruth. And this episode, we're gonna focus on rage. Rage is one of the most intense feelings on the emotional spectrum. It springs from somewhere in the deep, dark depths of our subconscious, and with the right context, anyone can find themselves overwhelmed by it. Get ready for voodoo, cabbage patch dolls, and a car park brawl, as we delve into the first time we felt one of the most extreme emotions, rage. Hell hath no fury. I find it somewhat hard to believe that I don't remember rage, or rather that rage was an utterly foreign emotion to me. As a writer and a singer and songwriter, my words and strumming, or rather bashing, are all about the mechanics and delivery of female rage. While I try to channel this into a productive and creative outlet, it does in fact spill over. I recall screaming at my best friend's ex-boyfriend at a party about 10 years ago and going literally blind with rage. There is a kind of grace, a purity and rage that intense. But I can only remember myself as a blue-eyed, sandy-haired fairy child, one that was regularly sweet and whose first word was happy. Rage was not in my dialect. I distinctly remember the sting of injustice and the wash of sadness that came over me at intervals, but anger is so foreign. It was not a Christian emotion. So maybe this will explain my cabbage patch voodoo exorcism. Okay, this is going to sound weird. But at the time, there were rumours circulating that Cabbage Patch dolls were possessed. This was an urban legend. I was fairly certain that my dolls had the devil in them as a seven-year-old. And I was very lucky, as I was one of very few in Australia who owned Cabbage Patch dolls. My mum lived in the States, and they were readily available there. But in the 80s in Australia, the dolls were in high demand, and as such, rumours of their possession, fueled by the satanic panic, meant the dolls' sales had halted temporarily. I will also say I was raised in a Catholic home and an intensely Catholic school where lifestyle choices and moral character were heavily policed. While we listened to heavy metal and watched horror movies, we were also told this was corrupt and potentially satanic. So back to me and my beloved dolls that I treated much like my very own children. I was playing with one in my room solo one day and its hard head, his name was Harry Hardcastle actually, hit me right in the forehead, smack in the middle. It hurt quite a lot and I was immediately furious, unreasonably so. But it had frightened me too. The doll had seemed somewhat animated. I loved it so much and it hurt me. I decided then and there that all the dolls needed to be punished. I truly don't know where I learned the next few steps. It was a pagan slash voodoo ritual if I've ever seen one. Sewing pins were placed in the soft parts of the dolls and I screamed at them as I threw them around the room. Next... (laughs) extremely embarrassed and perhaps shocked to say that this part of the ritual was much worse than the first. So I weed on them. I don't know where I learned this part of the ritual, but it was an occult form of punishment. 
I don't really remember what happened. I may have retrieved them and actually washed them. Maybe I threw them out, but I doubt it. I loved them. All I know is this. My wrath when it came out was both biblical and pagan. Perhaps you shouldn't send your kids to Catholic school, especially one that polices your children and makes them fear evil. Oh, so I feel like this is the second story um, in the series um, of this podcast <laughs> in this first season where one of your stories just reads exactly like a horror movie. <laughs> um, yeah. I wonder, do you think so, like, as a child going to, like, a Catholic school that you felt some kind of, like, suppression in your yeah. ability to express emotion? Absolutely. Especially anger being really unchristian. So it's sort of like turn the other cheek. Um, really like what would Jesus do? I can remember like really explaining to my mum once like you have hurt my feelings and I am sad. But like I never ever was able to feel angry or wasn't really I think it was just so non-permitted that I didn't know how to feel it. And mm. I think also, like, I don't know what it's like if you've ever felt like getting hit in the nose or when you get a real shock um, that or, like, you bump your elbow and you're like, God damn it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so angry. Like, yeah. And that, that, um, that physical injury led to me feeling furious, but it was, like, deeper than that, obviously. Yeah, because, I mean... The whole weeing on the dolls. I mean, it's not like you were, you know, you were seven. You definitely knew where to go to the toilet and where the appropriate places to go and take a wee were. Yeah. So why do you think you enacted this kind of primitive um, punishment? Look, it was totally like a ritual. I'm, I, I cannot I don't know where I saw it I don't think I would have ever seen anything like that this very um uh <laughs> intuitive um and very Freudian I'm sure um yeah like and pure probably like what is it id um I keep thinking of that scene in um Tara the United States of Tara where Gimme her like um like evil inner child like just like runs around screeching and weeing on me. <laughs> it's like, so I don't know. I, I was like, it was definitely a voodoo ritual because of the, the, the pins and stuff. So I think the, like, the weeing on them, it was definitely a form of punishment. But yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. I don't tell many people that except the internet. Yes, so. except anybody <laughs> who happens to listen to this podcast. Yeah, wow. So did you, after you'd kind of, um, you know, enacted all of this punishment on, yeah. on the dolls... How did you feel afterwards? Did you feel? I think bored? I felt calm. I think calm, it was like right. yeah, okay. <laughs> because I I think I was like um like maybe there's a bit of like that was weird, <laughs> but yeah. also like calm, satisfied though. Yeah, maybe. satisfied. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. But it was like I did like hit them around the room. Like I was yeah. like you know like you are bad, you are bad babies, like you are bad dolls. Like yeah, well wow. yeah, it doesn't take yeah much to figure out what that's all about but um <laughs> you know yeah it was definitely a full kind of like it's like super ragey um but yeah catharsis too yeah yeah definitely very cathartic yeah 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 no I think that's um it's gonna be very interesting to compare how you <laughs> felt after your rage episode and how I felt after my rage episode well, are we talking deep shame deep shame uh 
mass confusion like yeah. as to what had actually happened um yeah, yeah i'll i'll read the story and then uh and then we we'll, can we'll, we'll compare, compare and discuss the car park episode shallow breathing hands balled into fists elevated pulse eyes glazed over in a thousand yard stare impulse control totally switched off the physiological signifiers of someone entranced in a fit of rage for a 23 year old living an enjoyable life in the inner city of perth with good friends a full-time job at a record store dream job am i right a boyfriend with a motorcycle and a ban the possibility of having a rage attack did not seem characteristic but it was set against the backdrop of an enjoyable time in the year of being 23 that i suffered my first episode of rage It was a glorious Sunday afternoon in Perth, a few weeks before Christmas, and I'd just played a successful set with my stripped-back three-piece country folk band, which comprised of members from a much louder rock and roll five-piece. With some of the members from the band living interstate, we'd been coaxed out of our comfort zone to perform as a three-piece. We ended up writing new songs and nervously playing them live a handful of times. This gig was one of them. We'd thrown in a few 50s Xmas covers, and the show hadn't been a total wash. We'd gotten through it mostly mistake-free, and the feeling of being stripped bare with no distortion to hide behind wasn't the worst thing in the world. There was a kind of liberation to it. Post-set, we collected our instruments and started loading them into the car. An air of contented satisfaction flowed between us as we chatted to each other, while simultaneously playing the normal game of Tetris to load everything into the car. There was a lot of laughing as we replayed how the set had gone. The camaraderie between us was palatable. It's not easy to get up on stage and play a set, let alone a set of music that's not your regular genre, and we were rightly chuffed with the way things had gone. Our post-gig debrief was interrupted by approaching footsteps. Hey, was that you guys that just played? I turned around and saw a man in his mid-twenties. He was swaying slightly and his eyes were aimed straight at me, or rather, straight through me. He looked angry and disorientated. The three of us exchanged worried glances. He did not look like a human in the state to have a two-way conversation. Hey, was that you guys that just played? He looked at me again. I'm talking to you. Answer me, he snarled. Yeah, that was us. What do you want? I answered. That was a total pile of shit. You should fucking quit right now. What? I retorted. We exchanged more glances. What was this guy talking about? He surely couldn't mean us. Yeah, I heard the whole thing from out here and it sounded so fucking bad. You sound like shit. I was dumbfounded that a complete stranger would have the audacity to say something like this. Are you listening to me? He barked as he stepped forward, lurching as he did. I could feel my heart starting to race and my breathing quicken, but I was still lost for words. He moved towards me again. I said, are you listening to me? I said that was fucking shit. He had now passed over into my personal space. I could smell his putrid breath as he stared me straight in the eyes and started spitting out less coherent abuse at me. My senses were absolutely on fire now. I could feel him about to take another step even closer to me. I was positive he was about to get physical, and it was then I snapped. Get the fuck out of my space, I yelled as I mustered all my strength to shove him with both hands in the chest. He stumbled back, somewhat shocked that I'd finally reacted. He started swearing and made a move back in my direction, but I was primed and ready. 
I said, get the fuck away from me. Are you listening to me? Take your shit somewhere else. He seemed to recognise the rage in my eyes and started turning the direction of the nearby street. That should have been the end of it. Message received. He started to move on, but my temper was flaring in an unfamiliar and uncontrollable way. I started to walk after him, yelling obscenities of my own. He was stumbling and swaying each step he took as he tried to exit the car park. I caught up to him and yelled at him to get the fuck out of here. He was submitting to my anger and trying to make his way out of the car park as quickly as an intoxicated individual could, but it was not enough for me. I kept yelling and following him until he'd made it to the street. I was so enraged I couldn't even tell if he was responding to me anymore. Behind me, in the distance, I could faintly hear my bandmates telling me to stop, that he was leaving, that it was over. I ignored their rationalism. I began up the hill, continuing to hurl abuse at my abuser, cursing him with every insult I could think of under the sun. He had no response left, trying to remove himself from the situation as quickly as he could. Finally, after half a block, I stopped. Adrenaline was coursing through my veins at a million miles an hour. I stormed back to my car. My bandmates were standing there, no doubt trying to bring me back down to earth. I ignored them. I got into my car and pulled out of the car park. I didn't know where I was going, but I knew I had to leave. I had to be alone. I drove a couple of blocks and pulled down a side street. I finally stopped. My breathing began to slow down. My heart rate dropped. The world pulled back into focus. My hands were gripping the steering wheel, white knuckled. They dropped to my lap. Tears began to stream down my face. What had just happened? Well, only in Perth, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's, there's not assholes and jerks any other city in the world. But the the like frequency of car, car park confrontations, like you think I it's was just, high there. <laughs> oh my god! I just kept thinking memory, 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 memory. But um, yeah. Like, was that the Rosemount, by the way? I was just about to say I yeah. saw the Rosemount in my in yeah, my mind. It was eye. the Rosemount car park. I was picturing you chasing him down. Like I, I knew the street. I, I knew exactly, and I knew the beer garden. He would have been getting rotten drunk in, and you know, it's like everyone's worst nightmare to play yeah. a show and have someone like abuse them like that, yeah. isn't it? I, I think so. Yeah. Um. You know. I'm. Sh- although I do think that you know, maybe someone like I guess when when I think about it, I'm like, is that because I have a really fragile ego, or is it because you know I I do get really anxious going on stage, yeah. and I still do to this day. And so yeah. it's like, is it actually more about that? Like, it's so hard to kind of get up there in the first place. Absolutely. Let alone finish, and someone you know comes along out of the blue like and just starts telling you it was awful and terrible tries to and crush you. Yeah, yeah and tries to crush you and yeah. it was just like it was so out of the blue like yeah you know we were minding our own business exactly. we were packing our stuff away yeah. and he just thought he'd just come up and start saying all this really horrible nasty stuff and yeah yeah he was intoxicated and I think that's why when I kind of think back on this memory I'm like I should have been able to recognise that he wasn't in his right kind of mind and mm. let it go. Mm. But it's like, yeah, it's the first time. Well, it's the first time that I ever felt rage well, and like a yeah. switch really did just flick. Yeah, I know what that feels like. I think also like um, what 
well, there are two things that spring to mind. One was that he chose you because he thought you'd be an easy target. Mm. So he's like, girls, it might have really threatened him to see girls on stage, but also that he could come out and bully you like that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he maybe sensed vulnerability. Um, Obviously, it was completely loaded and stuff, but... It's not, um, you know, there was something in that that's really victimising, but also he actually physically entered your space. He threatened you and you were adrenalised, like, to hell. And yeah. anxiety really mirrors, can really, it's the rage, it causes a rage response too, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, I think at first, like, the first couple of minutes of him sort of hurling all this abuse, like, I really had nothing to say. Like, yeah. I was kind of, and I think... If he hadn't have been so persistent, I probably, you know, it wouldn't have played out like it did. But it was because he just kept pushing. Yeah. And eventually I snapped. Yeah. And if he hadn't have kept going, it could have been a whole different scenario where it was just like, all right, dude, you know, yeah. stop it. Yeah. He stops. He walks off. But yeah. instead, like, he just kept on approaching me, like, getting closer and closer yeah. until he was. I was quite sure. I mean, hard to know, you know. 100%, but I felt like he was about to, like... Physically assault yeah, you. About yeah, about to assault me. And yeah, I was just yeah. like, I need to get... You know, it was yeah. just that primal yeah. instinct of, like, I need to get in first. Otherwise, yeah. he's going to... Yeah. yeah. What's well, an animal reaction, too? And also, like, if you kind of go crazy at, at someone... That scares them. Like he, you obviously scared. He was probably like, "Okay, fuck! I've really chosen the wrong person now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. as he runs like down the streets of North Perth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like I think once you start that reaction, it's crazy because there are wells of rage in there, and like mm. it's. I find it really interesting also that you were twenty three, because, like. I was kind of going, why wasn't I more mad before 10? I'm sure I was. And then I, yours is like, you know, mine's like seven and yeah. yours is like 23. <laughs> so yeah. maybe you had a lot of years of anger. It's quite possible, um, which is scary. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think back to, you know, being angry as a as a teenager and even as a child and I definitely it's not like you know how you're talking about like you don't really remember feeling angry I don't remember feeling angry say like under like 10 yeah but I definitely remember feeling angry in my teenage years Same. you know yeah, with yeah, like yeah. there were episodes of bullying and there were episodes yeah. where you know definitely some unjust things happened to me as they do to anyone in their um high school years but I never felt like it was uncontrollable like mm. this felt uncontrollable and I think that's why like as soon as you know the the whole incident was over and I just kind of came back to the yeah. car park and I just didn't want to talk to my friends I didn't want to talk about it I just wanted to jump in my car and drive to somewhere to be alone yeah because I felt so ashamed yeah. and just confused as to how I'd gotten so out of control and quite quickly like you know it just felt like wow, I've just been overcome with this, like, you know. I know what it feels like. It's a, it's like you're a civilised person and you're a, a kind person and a calm person and then someone pushes you to that point. And, mm. like, when I, the, the ex-boyfriend of my friend, um, who, by the way, everybody hated, <laughs> and I, it was like I was a bit drunk, so I will also attribute a little bit of that to that. But I actually literally remember, I was like, oh, this is what people, when they say they're blind with rage. Like, yeah. I literally saw red, yeah. and then I went blind. And it was yeah. like this white noise in my head. And I was like, yeah. And, like, I literally had to be held yeah. back because I nearly launched myself physically at him. You can almost, like, just imagine this kind of, like, 
cartoon version of yeah. yourself with like yeah, yeah. you know exclamation points and like bleeped out swear word text totally. above your head where you're just kind of like full lost it and yeah there's I honestly it felt like everything was quite tuned out so like my friends saying stuff like I yeah. don't even really remember, remember what, what they, they were saying, saying. I yeah. just know they were kind of yeah you know as any friend would say yeah. like chill out you're going too far yeah um you need to rein yourself yeah. in but I don't remember what they were saying because I was just like I am gonna yeah. chase this guy out of here <laughs> yeah you were like I'm, a rageaholic yes like, I was yeah, a at rageaholic. that moment but like I think everyone has a breaking point and like we're not even aware of what it is and I think people mm. who are rage genuine rageaholics would get angry a lot um are aware of what those are, like yeah, what their triggers yeah. are. Whereas I think people like us who do get suddenly like zero to a hundred, <laughs> yeah. who are probably like very nice people, um, are unaware of what those triggers are. But when they happen, it's like Yeah. You've just done it. And now this and it's like, you know, you just have to control the physical reaction. And it's it's, yeah. it's quite terrifying. It really is. Like it's um and I mean, it, it, I'd say it's no small coincidence. It was like a man who was a, being a super bully to me yeah. too, you know, yeah. or being a bully to my friend, yeah, and other friends of mine too. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think there's an element of, you know, it's more than it just being like a reaction to um, a not nice situation and a, a person who's being threatening. But I think there was this element of me of being like don't think you can get away with this yeah. just because I'm a girl. That's right. Yeah. And like yeah. almost like some weird deep subconscious thing of wanting to make sure he was scared so he wouldn't do that so again. So he would – and he, he knows what it, it feels like to be intimidated and threatened also back. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah. I hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's not. Yeah, I'm sure he's not. And honestly, I'm sure he doesn't even remember what – happens yeah. like yeah. he just yeah well he, look he could be a total alcoholic and yeah. he doesn't know what he said um but like you know how harmful is that to say something like that to someone especially you're 23 like um I know you've been gigging for a couple of years before that but like that's the kind of thing that um could make someone quit music or quit doing absolutely what they love. Yeah. yeah absolutely you know, thank God I didn't. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's a medieval. It's yeah. a medieval um, like man and a medieval experience. Like um, in that way, like I think, and you know, it's it's like super frightening, but it's also super understandable why you would react the the way that you did. You know, and it's kind of lucky you didn't throw anything at him or yeah, you know. pull out a weapon. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And then you'd be in prison. And I we know wouldn't be doing this we podcast. wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> well, thank God I'm not in prison. I mean, there's still time, but I'm pretty I know, sure it's not going to happen. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to episode seven of First Time Feelings. Um, that was a pretty interesting one. It and was. Yeah, yeah. I hope you guys liked it. Um we're actually coming up to the last few episodes of the season, which is exciting. So please stay with us and um, keep subscribing and downloading the podcast from uh, that little purple Apple podcast app and whatever other places you get your podcasts from. And um, we'll be back soon in a month with um, episode eight. Indeed. Indeed.